Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now, your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. E- Dude, how are you? Happy New Year, Dude. Merry Christmas, all that. Happy New Year. I'm sorry to be uh, starting off the New Year with a podcast uh, via FaceTime, especially seeing the snazzy new Christmas gift that you have. I did. I'm, you know, we're getting crap from people for not podcasting enough. And so I got the podcast a little present. I got us some wireless headphones, dude. I'm wearing them right now. Good, because that's really the main reason why we haven't been podcasting as much. I know. So now that you have the wireless headphones, you could probably expect a daily report from us. (laughs) Is that how this is going to work? Yeah. And we'll talk about, you know, the amuse-bouche that Lucas Aradil will buy for the team with his new contract extension, etc. We'll be detailing everything in a daily report. Uh, yes, yes, we will, <laughs> yes, we will do that for sure. <laughs> Dude, what was your highlight of the holiday break? Uh, when I got the stomach flu on Christmas Eve, that was really fun. <laughs> that was my favorite part, and then I got. Basically, the week I had off from work, I spent lying in bed and trying not to puke. It was really quite lovely. And you obtained this at a uh, gathering with friends, is that right? That that appears to be the case. A gathering that I was invited to and was unable to attend. I know. Did you know something? <laughs> well, I'm I'm counting my blessings right now because we certainly know other people who were at that. Uh, gathering including our fearless announcer uh who who came down with the same thing i think he may have given it to you dude that may have been the case may have happened but were you guys uh getting a little too close during lunch i don't think so i mean we didn't make out any more than we normally do (laughs) it's not that weird yeah but uh so, but anyway, dude, so we've been off quite a long time and there's been a lot of games that the Sharks have played since we last podcasted and Sure. There's been some there's been some ups and downs. That I'd say that's that's the case. There's been some some downs. The Sharks managed to lose two games to Arizona and the Kings back to back, the two worst teams in the division. Oh, they did get a point, dude. They they got a point. Yeah, okay. That's not much of a <laughs> yeah. consolation. Oh, of course, dude. Yeah, that that was definitely not a highlight. Uh going to Calgary and getting uh, American History X curb stomped. Yeah. Was uh not a good feeling. That game was com- just wild. Like a wild game. I think it was 8 to 5. That was crazy seeing uh Radim Shimik go down in that game. Uh that was crazy. Uh, you know, the Carlson suspension we've had happen. Yeah. But I mean, really, I mean, the thing that I'm sure that is right looking Sharks fans square in the eye was the showdown with the best team in the NHL last night riding an unbelievable hot streak. And the Sharks, they pantsed them last night and played their best game of the year minus 
three of their top six D. Right. That's clearly the best win of the year so far. Tampa had all of their guns. Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, all the, you know, Kalorn, everybody in the lineup. Reigning Norris Trophy winner, Victor Hedman on the blue line, etc. And the Sharks took the lead early and they kept it the whole game. That's that's one of the best things actually that I saw. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, Tampa made it interesting a couple times. They pulled within one. Right. But the Sharks, once they had the lead, they never lost it. And that's something that we've seen a few times this year. I'm sure that is driving Sharks fans oh. a little crazy. You know, yes. they, they look good and then there's this sag and then all of a sudden they're playing from behind and sometimes they can come back, but sometimes they can't. And then sure. you're left, and, and even if they do come from behind and win, you're sort of saying, okay, I'm glad they won, but, you know, and there was no but yeah. to this game. This game was the Sharks were the better team. Tampa Bay looked extremely dangerous, but they're the best team in the NHL. Of course, they're going to look dangerous at times. And the Sharks managed to turn most of those attacks aside and win by three yeah i mean you know the evidence to what you just said was the game in colorado the game before this where the sharks were clearly in control of that game and they almost gave it away that was the game where they they were down to three defensemen at the end though yeah but but i mean but still dude i mean like it was pretty crazy like how that game just completely disintegrated i mean and you're right there were uh there were extenuating circumstances but uh you certainly have to be encouraged by last night and how will they follow it up tomorrow against the Kings who are not playing well, you know, will the Sharks be able to not have a hangover and have another disappointing result against the team that they need to beat? They've got to beat the Kings because, you know, Calgary is, is playing well. Vegas is playing well. And, and the Sharks are, right now you know in an interesting spot like they're right with the other two teams and then the lower half of the division is so clearly you know not as good as the rest of the teams the sharks have to take advantage they have to take advantage by beating the the bottom part of their division and racking up those easier points dude they've got to do it yeah uh yeah vegas has won six straight They've only lost one game in their last 10. Um, you know, Vegas is clearly streaking at this point. We can't give up points to them. That being said, I have every expectation we're going to lose to the Kings on Monday night. I don't know why. It's just, I just, I just can't. I, I, I was so disappointed when they lost to them. They, they were outclassed like the entire game, <laughs> you know, at home before Christmas. And I'm like, this team is terrible. Like they're minus thirty in goal differential. Right. Like what? How are we allowing this to happen? Yeah, that might have been for me. Even though they, like you said, they got a point. I mean, losing six zero to Vegas was pretty bad. But I have to tell you, lo- losing to LA was pretty bad, man. That was like one of the low points of the season. Yeah, not good. And I, I think you know. Um, the biggest concerns right now, I mean, there, there's there's some good things that are happening. Pavelski is playing great. Eric Carlson is, you know, all of the player that we expected. Yeah. You know, he has um, completely come to life. Him and Burns right now, I mean, in their last, you know, uh, five games, Burns has 12 points. Carlson in his last four games has nine points. 
They're a combined plus five. I mean, they're just driving the play. Pavelski's playing off the charts. Donskoy has responded. Uh, Evander Kane is playing well. Um, you know, Lukas Radil has been quite a find. You know, um, you're seeing a lot of positivity. Um, the negativity, the injuries on the blue line, and the inconsistent play in that, like that's really, I think if there's something that I'm most concerned about, it's that. You know, that Martin Jones, hopefully he can build on what was a good effort against Tampa Bay into the rest of the season because he's been pretty miserable at times. Yeah, both goalies still under 900 in terms of save percentage. That's got to be, you know, among the worst in the league. It's got to, it, it is. It's not good. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, you can see the company that they're keeping. I mean, Martin Jones at 897, he's around Jake Allen, hey. who's not good. <laughs> okay, James Reimer, who has eight, he, he has he has eight wins. And Mike Smith, who's been a total dumpster fire in Calgary this year and has, you know, essentially seen his job taken away by David Riddich. And who the hell is that? Right. Right? Right. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of room for growth here from Martin Jones. And I think Aaron Dell and, you know, Kevin Kurz wrote about this earlier this week. I mean, Aaron Dell's job security maybe very thin at this point, especially with the Barracuda playing really well mm -hmm. and both the goalies on the Barracuda playing very well, um, that if Dell can't spell Jones effectively, then we may see one of these other kids from the Barracuda come up and play. Yeah. Yeah, just like we saw Jacob Middleton, a guy that, you know, was not really on anyone's radar not very long ago. I think I I heard he was one of the last players picked in this draft, and you know, yeah, it, I think he was the last player picked, and he was number two hundred and ten picked by the Kings. And and he came, and that was the guy that they called up after Tim Heed, and you know, sort of this cast of characters that we've seen riding the pond. Yoakam Ryan, Tim Heed, all got to play, of course, with Vlasic Braun out. Um, and Shimmick out, and then we see Jacob Middleton, who played well. Um, you know, he he had a good coursey. He didn't play very much, but he played five minutes. Yeah, but <laughs> but that's that's all they needed because they they wanted to play they wanted to play Burns thirty and Carlson thirty, and that's what they sure. did. Sure, well, I mean Middleton has been a stud at the AHL level. He's been really good. So you know, it, it looks like. I mean, I don't know if Elastic's going to play tomorrow. Braun is definitely out for a while. It's I haven't, you know, seen an update on Shimmick either. But you know, you may see Middleton again uh, for you know twenty seconds uh, in the game <laughs> against the Kings. Um, but definitely, dude, the sh it's getting to be time. You know, where the Sharks are going to need to start to to turn a corner here and um, I'm not worried about it. I still think that they are the best team in this division. Just it's time now to start putting together, you know, some, some games against inferior competition and good competition where they've struggled this year. You know, they've got two games back to back this week 
at home against the Kings and the Oilers that are so super winnable. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Those those are bad, bad hockey teams. Yeah. The Sharks need to get four points. But we beat up on Edmonton after Christmas. That was a nice win. Um Edmonton is the same team that we've been talking about for a long time. Even if they have the best player on earth, it's not enough. They only have three guys on the whole team who could score. And it's really hard to be successful in the league when you have three guys out of 12 who can do anything offensively. Yeah. It's just you can't win hockey games that way. And Edmonton's not winning a lot of hockey games because their top line is great and everybody else sucks. You know, it's just that's pretty much where yeah. they're at. You know, yeah. it's really I mean, it's kind of pathetic, honestly. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the shift to to Ken Hitchcock paid off initially and now they're three and seven in their last 10. So, you know, making Todd McClellan the fall guy for um, what is just a really inferior, terrible roster, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Chiarelli should, should be the one who was on the chopping block uh, in addition to, uh, to McClellan. I mean, he's really squandered, uh, you know, an opportunity here. And, you know, I think he's, you know, He's made the wrong moves. You know, keeping Taylor Hall over Nugent Hopkins was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> there was a huge mistake. Can you imagine if they had Taylor Hall and... Dreisaitl and McDavid. And, right. Yeah. I mean, and if you turned the Nuge into... a, You couldn't have gotten an Adam Larson type player for him. Of course you could have. Mm-hmm. I mean, they... They've com- and they, you know, they just they've completely bungled that. I'm glad they have. I mean, you know, because um, yeah, it, it is it is shocking looking at their score sheet. McDavid, Drysital, Nugent Hopkins, and Chase on all have more than 14 goals. The next player has five. No, wait, no, the next player has seven. That's well, Drake the... Drake Kajula, seven sure. goals, and then Darnell Nurse, a defenseman, has yeah. five goals. Nobody well, else has any other goals. It's Milan Lucic shocking. has been a he's been a dumpster fire. I mean, like that's he's had like two goals in his last seventy some odd games. He, he's he's terrible right now. Yeah, and no one's going to take him. And that was a huge mistake uh, to give that kind of contract to that guy. Like that's that's the guy that you want to bring in to kind of like build your team around. Like what a what a dumb dumb move to give that kind of length and money to a guy like that like that that was so stupid dude yeah i mean edmonton is is only two points out of a playoff spot yeah that's how weak the wild card teams are in the west i mean you know you've got dallas and anaheim at 48 and 45 points and vancouver minnesota and edmonton kind of hanging around at the 43 44 point range and then you know the sharks are only the top team in the West is Calgary at 56. Sharks are at 53. Yeah. So, you know, they are a couple good games away from being top dog in the Western Conference. They're right there. You know, Nashville's been beset by injuries. Winnipeg has, you know, played well, but not outstanding. You know, they, they haven't been able to, you know, get to a level of, you know, Tampa Bay, right? But they're still they're having a good season. Yeah. But so are the and you know I mean as concerned as we are at times, the Sharks still are a you know a, 
top 10 team in this in the league right yeah i think that that's true that's true but it and and but these weird losses and these sort of games that just don't go so well are the ones that really cause you cause me right. a lot of consternation i mean certainly thursday is going to be a big game when we play vegas vegas has been streaking they've been playing really well lately and and it looks like they've sort of righted the ship after having a really tough start to the season and they don't really have a guy that is just blowing it up carlson has 15 goals 15 assists for 30 points in 44 games that's not what we saw last year right so you know they they have to spread it out a little bit more but they've scored enough goals they got enough guys chipping in that they're still they're a tough team and flurries come down to earth a little bit is save percentage only 912 it's about league average probably and you know that's what you would sort of expect so this is a team that to me looks very beatable the fact that ryan reeves has 13 points tells me that this yeah. team is vulnerable right when ryan reeves is scoring this much and has this much ice time i guess he's only averaging about 11 and a half minutes still that's not a guy you really would normally want to see on a playoff roster. Sure. I mean, but Vegas has, continues to be just dominant at home. They're so good at home. They're 14-3-3. and I mean, getting points in 85% of their home games. I mean, the Sharks, um, they've got to find a way to beat this team. You know, they, they, they've, they've – and I hope that they don't look past L.A. and Edmonton earlier in the week – to look ahead to Vegas. Dude, I'm looking at the standings right now. I'm shocked that St. Louis is at the bottom of the Western Conference. And that is, St. Louis is the second worst team in the entire NHL. Yeah, they're bad. Yikes. Yeah, they're pretty wow. bad. Yeah, that's, that this hurts. really is, it's shocking. And I'm, wow. glad to, I'm glad to say that Philadelphia, my number three, number four Vegas draft pick, also yeah. at the bottom. Very yeah. nice. Could I'm so glad Toronto. I took them over Toronto. We could have had Toronto. I could have had Toronto. So let's good. do a real. Let, let, let's take a look here, dude. You, so you have Washington, right? I don't even know. I don't have the draft in front of me, dude. I'm sorry. I think you have Washington. I think you have Pittsburgh. I have Columbus. I think. Okay. I can't remember. I can't remember either. I, I blocked I, it out after the Toronto miss. I've just blocked the whole thing out. <laughs> I've already budgeted for Vegas next year. Yeah. Well, you've got you've got the next trip coming. I. I, I yeah. I, I'm saving my. Uh, you took Saving Tampa. You took Tampa number one, right? I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did. So when when they win, then I can tell myself that I'm not a complete moron because I had no chance. Right? They're not gonna win. Oh, they could. They're not gonna. They look good. You know who's gonna they're, win? Dude? Their third line looks better than a lot of teams' first lines. Like they're you know good. Who's, you know who's gonna win the cup, dude? Not Nashville. Toronto. <laughs> the Sharks, dude. What does matter with you? Oh, I was just talking about the Vegas bet. No, no. I, I want the Vegas bet to be worth nothing. Yeah, me too. Me too. Nothing. It's cool. Well, dude, big week. I mean, big, big week. I mean, and, and you know, I think health are, is, is a question right now. And um, goaltending. I mean, those are the two biggest things going into this week. You know, the Sharks are going to be able to get healthy. They've got four games this week. That's a lot, you know. Um, but three of them are against bad teams. Mm-hmm. Kings, Edmonton, and Ottawa. And the way the Sharks are scoring, um, you know, I think they have, you know, five-plus goals in uh, some sort of streak of games. That's impressive. Like, you know, 
Um, hopefully, if they can button down the other end of it on the on the defensive side, you know, they could just be lethal. Yeah, I mean, Eric Carlson right now is just – it's crazy how good he is. I think yeah. I'm, we're finally seeing it, right, after however 35 games, 30 games since he's been on this crazy – um, streak of points. What what's he up to? Thirteen games. I can't remember how many games he's on. Yeah, but it's just the dude is is sick. Like he's <laughs> he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> he's seriously well, dude, seriously a, good. We have a question, dude. We got a question from uh, from Patrick, one of our listeners, uh-huh. and he says, "Dude, great win against the Bolts last night, especially when you consider we're playing." three call-ups on D. I feel like this team is pretty well built for a long playoff run. Some guys just need to start clicking. Do you see a glaring need for a trade deadline pickup at this time? That's question number one. He's got a second question, dude. Let's start with that. I mean, I know we're a good month and a half away from trade deadline, but is there anything glaring that you look at with this team and go, I really think they need to address this? I mean, the fourth line's always been sort of the question mark for this team. I'm not that unhappy with it right now. I like I like Barkley Goodrow, Melker Carlson. I'm a little less hot on. Um, Suomela's obviously not playing with the big club right now. They have Chartier. I mean, I'm with you. It would be nice if the Sharks still had Eric Fair, right? Because that, that would sort of um, release that pressure. But I'm not that upset with the fourth line right now. I don't feel like they're a huge liability at the moment. And when you guys like got guys like Lukas, uh, Lukas Radil, who's like putting points up and stuff, you feel like there's a little bit of danger in the bottom six, which right. is good to see. So it's not just like, oh, I'm scared about the fourth line like we, we've talked about in previous seasons. I wouldn't say there's a glaring need for the Sharks right now unless you want to try and do the backup goalie thing. But... You know, I'm I'm pretty well on the record that I don't know. I I'm very scared of overpaying for goalies either in the trade market or in free agency. And you know, maybe the Martin Jones contract might be one of those contracts we might not be so stoked about in a couple of years. So I'm I definitely don't want to go Cam Talbot. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to go out right. and give it way too much for a backup goalie that ends up not being that great. So I'm I'm more inclined to stand pat, which is kind of rare for me. Usually, I always sort of see a need someplace. What about you? Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I think first my concern would be from an asset standpoint, and we just don't have anything to offer. Right. Um, you know, unless we start offering, you know, young players from the CUDA or off our roster, which I just don't see them doing to add a veteran piece. You know, I think the Sharks, as they are put together, um, if healthy, are, you know, in pretty good shape in terms of their roster. So for right now, you know, I'm sure Doug Wilson will be looking for players who might be available on the cheap for a sixth or a seventh round pick. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, I remember he picked up Eric Fair, who was basically playing in the minors last year yeah, uh, for Toronto for almost nothing. So um, he might look for something like that. Um, but I don't think they're going to be active in any sort of substantial trade market here's the second question from patrick patrick says i have a lingering feeling of dread that eric carlson isn't going to resign 
I don't feel like he is buying into that San Jose is a special place idea that Dan Boyle and Mike Ricci have. What is your hot take? I'd, I'd like to know how Patrick is divining this this feeling. Is it the curl of the mustache that is creating <laughs> this feeling? I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sort of a, a, a vaudevillian. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tie Logan Couture to the train tracks kind of look. He, he does have interesting facial hair, and maybe there's some 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 message to be read from that. Do you remember the old Bullwinkles, dude? Yeah. Bullwinkles. Boris you know, Badenoff. Boy, yes, right, right. That's very much, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the vibe I'm getting off of Eric Carlson, dude. I, you know, I don't know. I it, On one hand, I don't see anything that shows me that he's not going to resign, right? On, on you know, if I if I take the devil's advocate view, you're you're getting, not going to bat a thousand on these, right? And I hope Eric Carlson isn't the one that we don't bat a thousand on. But Sharks have had a pretty good track record of of trading for these guys and then signing them long term. I mean, the the list we've gone over so many times, but you know, it's pretty insane what it what it's been. Burns and and Thornton and Boyle, and well, Boyle is under contract, but like a lot of these guys, and you know. Evander Kane and a lot of these a lot of these players so you can't bat a thousand I mean we lost Brian Campbell that's one that we lost but Eric Carlson I I don't see why we would I mean he's he's playing in all situations he's playing on a good team um I you know I'm not sure what he would be disgruntled about um you know it's a it's a it's a nice place to live he can afford it given his contract uh you know, I have no idea. I don't. I don't have any feeling about that. I know he doesn't talk about it, and maybe that puts people off. You know, some sometimes you know players will give that sort of boilerplate. Oh, I'm sure. You know, I'll let my agent and the GM deal with that, and I'm sure we'll we'll figure something out. You know, just sort of boilerplate talk like that. And he hasn't even done that. He's just not talking about it at all. And so I can understand that might make some people nervous. But I don't really have any reason to believe like he wouldn't resign. You know, I mean, the only the only thing that would be scary is if the Sharks suddenly are in a cap issue and they can't offer him the kind of money he's looking for. They're like, oh, we'll only give you, you know, seven million dollars a year or something. And he's like, no, no, that's not going to be the case, dude. You know, Doug Wilson has planned ahead for this. He wouldn't have made the move unless he was willing to give him, you know, back up the truck for him, essentially. Um, I'm not worried about it. You know, I, I think the, the only thing that would be the biggest concern is if the Sharks, as a team, failed miserably and either didn't make the playoffs or had a really disappointing, like, first-round exit. And that would be his, like, final taste right. of of being here. And he may not want to, you know, be a part of that or be associated with the, the failure of, of, of that. But I really don't think that's going to happen. You know, I think that um, I've been saying from the beginning that I think the Sharks are the team to come out of the Pacific if they can play to their potential. Like they're the best team in the Pacific. Um, yeah. And, you know, and Nashville and Winnipeg haven't played well enough yet for me to feel like they're significantly better than the Sharks. I think the Sharks are as good as they are, if not better, if they can play to their potential. So um, I think he's going to resign and he's going to be part of this team for a long time. And actually, you know, I think that he'll be here longer than Brent Burns, which is a weird thing to say. But, um, you know, I've 
heard a lot of chatter about how when Seattle comes up uh, for um, expansion, that Burns might be one of the players that's exposed. What? You know, so I know that that's two years away, but um, that that was something that I read, dude, um, on that, Eckland. That, oh, good, good. Then, then we know it's true. <laughs> yeah. I sucked you in there, dude. Yeah, come on. No, I mean, like, I mean, the, this whole thing's been built around the two of them. Yeah. So, um, no, dude. I mean, I, I think we're we're good. I th- I think we're good too. I I don't see any uh, any reason to doubt that we can resign him. But I mean, those two together are are insane. You know, I mean, they're just yeah. We've seen it. I mean, we're already seeing it. And we're, we're only halfway through the season. Like Burns um, is now leading the NHL in defenseman points. I believe. I'm, I mean, it's these guys are these guys are you know in in Carlson's close to point per game pace 35 points in 41 games and he has a 2.2 shooting percentage i mean that's unsustainable i mean some of these are going to start going in for eric carlson too i mean he's pretty bad luck overall you know in terms of right. you know and and here's a guy who's on a 13 or 14 game point streak and he's like unlucky imagine if he's right. lucky <laughs> it'd be insane yeah so yeah and and now he's uh also, Carlson is at the top of the heap for the Sharks in terms of Corsi percentage. I mean, the guy is driving possession like no other player on the team right now. Dude, he's, he's a straight-up stud, dude. Absolutely. I mean, like, I, I, I think that uh, the Sharks are going to have this ironed out, dude. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. But really, I mean, the most important thing is can they you know, put together a good week this next week, dude? That's yeah. what we're looking at. Carlson is eighth in the NHL in defensive scoring. Burns is number one. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Enough I'm not said. super worried. Enough yeah. Enough. Yeah. Enough said. Enough said. So, dude, like you said, so we got LA and Ottawa this week, but we have Vegas on Thursday, and we have. Oh, sorry, Edmonton. I forgot about Edmonton on Tuesday. And then, but Saturday. then next week we have you know Pittsburgh and Tampa again. So you know there's there's at least. Uh, three really tough games coming up in the next two weeks. Yeah. Dude, I want to jump ahead real quick. You know what I got my family for Christmas? A Hyundai? Tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I did get them that. You got a Hyundai. Nice. Uh, we did. Yes, but that, that was not from Santa. Oh. That was uh, that was thanks to the transmission gods. <laughs> Stupid um, Santa. But- Dude, we got tickets to the NHL All-Star Fan Fest. Oh, cool. Yeah. See you there? Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll... When is it? Well, it's over three or four days, and yeah. we got tickets for a specific day. Dude, oh, it's I'll at tell the end of the month. Going. I'll have to look to see my schedule. You want to go, dude? I kind of do, dude. I love the All-Star Skills Competitions and all that stuff. The game's not, not, as, not no, as much. But no, we're going to the Fan Fest. We're not going to the arena. We're going to go to the convention center of the Fan Fest. Oh, what do you do there? Oh, it's like you is know, this like cosplay? And... Do you have to like dress up like a Klingon or something? No, dude. Well, you could. Yes, actually, <laughs> dude. Yes, that's what you have to do. That's what you do. <laughs> See Brendan Dillon in a Klingon costume. <laughs> no. What did you think of the Christmas video this year, dude? It's fine. I thought it was funny. Actually, I liked it better than some of their other ones with where he's pretending to be Santa Claus. I thought that was funny. Holiday sweater was pretty good. Yeah. I, I, the holiday sweater and the um, who is who is rapping? Who, remember who used to rap dang i i had his name i can see his face i can't remember who the guy was the rapper oh man i might have to go back and find that 
cut it into Christian the podcast. Christian Ehrhoff? No. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to some stats from previous seasons and find out who that was, but I, I remember who it was. Oh. Nicholas Valine. <laughs> that <laughs> Hamburgers. Hamburgers. <laughs> it wasn't Tommy Wingles. It wasn't. Dang. Oh, it was Matt Nieto. Matt Nieto was the rapper. Remember? What's he doing? Sorry, I'm I'm going. He's Isn't on the he on Colorado? Yeah, he's on Colorado. Where? Yeah, he's is he still playing? This year, uh, yeah, thirty nine games played. Yeah, he's not. He's he's doing okay. Good for him. Good for him. He's got fourteen points, thirty nine games. Yay! Good for him. There you go, Matt Nieto, the rapper. Yeah. All right, dude. Uh, any other NHL news that we need to talk about other than the Dallas Stars uh, GM and owner cursing out their two best players? <laughs> was that not uh, hilarious? Come on, that yeah. was hilarious. When's yeah. the last time that's happened? I mean, we've been following this league a long time. I don't remember this kind of blast. Yeah, yeah. they seem to have responded really positively to it. <laughs> they did? Wait, the way you say that makes me not believe you. <laughs> they're they're six three one in their last ten. They're not. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. got forty eight points. Yeah, they're, they're okay. They're okay. Yeah, they're okay. Not good enough for our management. I don't know why you would go and call out those two guys specifically, especially after they you sign them to like really long extensions. <laughs> like that's what you want to do. You want to piss yeah, those guys publicly, off publicly? Yeah, not not smart. I don't get that. I don't get that move, but. I guess if you're mad, you're mad. And and I mean, I read some articles that says, oh, this was absolutely on purpose. Like, this was calculated what they did. And I'm like, really? That makes it even worse. It's one thing if you just got mad one day and you were talking to somebody and they printed it, but ugh, that's a little rough. Yeah, publicly embarrassing your players is never a good strategy. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't, I don't see the point of that. Anyway, dude, what else is happening that we should be talking about? Is there any other news or or interesting comings and goings that's happening. What's what's surprising you right now? I mean, I'm looking at these divisions and, you know, I have to say, I'm not that surprised by these standings. I mean, St. Louis is, okay, that's a little bit surprising. LA, it's surprising how bad they are, but it's also amazing and wonderful. But, <laughs> but everywhere else in the league, I mean, I don't, there's no names that really pop out at me that I go, oh, wow, I'm surprised they're either that good or that bad. Like, it's very... Uh, very vanilla after after a sort of a weird beginning to the season now it seems like kind of boring and normal yeah i mean i i would say i mean i'm surprised that st louis is as bad as they are i'm surprised that the flyers are as bad as they are like i i they seem to be a team on the rise last year i mean they made the playoffs and now they've completely bottomed out you know uh firing their coach firing their gm a losing six in a row like they're they're a mess total disaster um you know i think that's been a surprise um i think in the pleasant surprise department you know buffalo is playing um pretty well the islanders are playing pretty well mm -hmm. I, I think those might be the two most surprising teams in the nhl in terms of how well they're playing. And I think you might even have to add Montreal to that as well, dude. I mean, Montreal is has 49 points. I mean, they're above 500. 
Um, I, I really thought they were going to be pretty bad this year. Um, and and they're not. Um, maybe the only other team that I would look at this, I go, I, I really, I thought Florida was going to be better than they are. They are not good. <laughs> no. Unfortunately they're not. Not good. Not good. Um, they've been playing better lately, but, you know, uh, not good at home, not good on the road, negative 12 goal differential, not good. Yeah, at least looking at some of the Flyers stuff, it seems like some of these guys that were awesome last year have really taken a step back. You look at Gostaspair, Provorov, who was another young D that they were really excited about. Neither of those guys is scoring very much. Nolan Patrick, who is still a 20-year-old player who was, you know, a Calder Trophy discussion last year as 11 points in 34 games. Um, you know, these, it just seems like all of the guys they needed to take a step forward have taken a step back. Claude Giroux is still a really good player. No one's, Couturier has the most goals on the team, which is not a great sign. Um, you know, Konechny's doing pretty good, but it's just one of those things where they wanted all these guys to continue their meteoric rise and none of them did. And that's a really easy way to take a huge step back in the standings. And they're on a historic pace. I think we're using the most starting goaltenders in the NHL history. Like I think that they've already um, used, they have six, they have six goalies that they've already played. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, if they use one more, that that's an NHL record, that no team has used that many starting goaltenders yeah um and and that's been a major issue for them for the last several years you know is uh you know goaltending you know they brought in a bunch of sort of journeyman players to try and you know fix this steve mason michael neuverth brian elliott you know uh none of it's worked peter morazic and um they've just missed the mark so uh that's not the only issue there, but it certainly is a major part of the problem. I mean, Chuck Fletcher uh, is going to, you know, end up putting his stamp on this team. I think we're going to see some major changes um, in the next, you know, eight months on that team. He's going to probably gut it. You know, I think he'll gut it. Yeah. Start over. They probably have to. It's, it's yeah, they've really kind of, you yeah, gotta I mean, get a goaltender you can count on, or you yeah, can at I mean, least I think, think about that, counting on. And, and they've got some bad contracts, you know. And and you know, I mean, they just signed JVR to that term and that money. I mean, someone might take him, but you're not going to get anything for him. Um, you're asking someone to take that much money in return, so um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Auntie Niemi, dude, is the key to Montreal's success. It's true. Actually, it's not true, but he's on the team. Yay. He is on Montreal. Good for him. And he is a six and four with an eight, eight, one save percentage. Hey, he's like Martin Jones. Kind of, kind of like that. All right, dude. Well, I mean, if we, I'm glad we didn't uh, do the podcast right after Christmas because this probably would have been one, uh, it would have been Rantapalooza in here. We would have just been, you know, mad and yelling and so on. And now that we've, you know, we kicked the crap out of Edmonton and we beat the best team in the NHL. Hey, things look a little rosier now. Looks good, dude. Well, um, this it's an important week for them to build off of what happened against Tampa Bay. They need to – they should get seven points this week. And if they don't, it's it's disappointing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I also want to personally apologize to the readers for not podcasting more. And in that spirit, I want to, I'm going to slice our, the price of the podcast in half. Nice, dude. From now on, all podcasts, half price. Dude. Yeah. You are an American hero. Because I care. I care. And (laughs) I want, and I, and I want people to care some about the podcast. Well, clearly a few people do. Yeah, some so. people do. Some people are. Some well, people we will are be upset. back. We will. We will be um, like prune juice, very regular the rest of the season. Let's not let you know, dude. We're supposed to undersell and over deliver, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Under promise and over deliver. So we'll be we've been over promising lately. Maybe we should stop that. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you in February. Yeah, we'll talk to you then. Okay. Go sharks. Bye. Show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.